Hey Tim, Jay, just listening to Urban Dungeons, your episode there, really cool, thank you. And uh, two things I wanted to talk about. First of all, uh, you know, the sewer, sewers in the maps. I've One of the things I've really enjoyed about going to the Han materials in the last couple of weeks is the cities and the and the towns and the castle maps have that lower level, you know, this they have maps of the 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 um, cellars and they have maps of sewers and all that kind of stuff and Tashal as a city for example is a really good example of where the thieves guild is using all that stuff underneath um the second point was about what you're talking about in high level dungeons and you know transport spells and all that kind of stuff my general frustration with way things are written is that is this very simple thing of people setting up assuming that there's a direction through it i think again prep situations don't prep plots is my principle here and uh you know write the situations describe the rooms assume anything um because the gm you're writing for could very easily have um a different you know things coming from a different direction a good example is recently i was playing a a pre-written module just the other day and it's clear from the way the description text was written that um the writer assumed a particular you would come from a particular direction and that wasn't the case and it caught me out because I had to kind of edit myself um, kind of looking at it. Uh, it would have been better if the writer just as, like described all directions, what was there. If you're coming, you know, don't assume anything. Just prep the situation, describe the situation. Um, I also wish that writers of dungeons would zoom out from rooms to more like areas or even the whole dungeon and let me know what the big picture is as a GM very quickly and very succinctly so that I can move stuff between rooms. But um, yeah, don't prep plots, prep situations. That's that's the thing I wish people would grasp. Anyway, I'll stop ranting now. Thanks for your podcast, man. Game on. That's Jay Webster of Roleplay Rescue. And first part, hard. Yes, love the maps. Love the sewer maps. The detail of those maps are just amazing. All the numbers on there. And once you get kind of get past the, uh, I guess, the map reading curve, you can glance at that map and kind of get a three-dimensional look of it. I mean, there's a lot of guys who can draw three-dimensional maps, but this gives you the, the, the uh, information that you need for even the smallest details of like how far this steps up, how this far steps down, how high the, dun- or the, the, the ceiling is, is it flat? Is it curved? It's just amazing. Uh, and just being able to use those in games are just a lot of fun. Sometimes though, there's so many numbers, the maps gets a little cluttered. I have to admit, but yeah, I can't agree with you more on those maps of Harn there, Jay. And preach it, brother. There's nothing more, I think, truthful or more uh, the best advice that could be given is what Jay just said. Prep situations, not plots. Abso-frickin-lutely. And I couldn't, you know, that's what I do. That's all I do with my games is I, I come up with different situations and we run with them. I don't look for... A, B, and C, I just present A, and and let's see how the player gets to B, or even if he gets to B, you know, maybe he'll, maybe he jumps over to E, or maybe he just skips it all together, and he jumps, starts at F, you never know, you just get a situation, you let him go, and see where it goes, because when you start doing plots, that's when you're laying those railroad tracks everybody hates, and I know exactly what Chase talking about with 
with uh, adventure writers making assumptions on what a party will do in the dungeon or they're entering a room or just that it's oh i just can't stand it because i remember going through some of those adventures and and you know some of the stuff would be just as simple but you know whoa 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 i didn't do that like you know as the party enters the room like whoa whoa whoa, i didn't enter i didn't enter the room i opened up the door a little bit and i'm looking inside I didn't step in there like I was presenting myself or whatever's on the other side. I'm taking a look and listening. Don't read that part where I enter the room because I'm not entering the room. <laughs> you know, this is, you know, you don't do that. And, I, and it used to happen a lot. There was a lot of assumptions on what the players were going to do. And uh, it's just not good. So it's lazy writing. And like uh, Chase said, I doing room descriptions is one aspect of it, but I, I almost agree completely with the idea of you have to present it as like maybe areas or groups and stuff like that. I think in I think in fourth edition they did that, but it was you know it was still very video gamey regardless type thing, but despite 4e and it's you know whatever you think about it and I and I could be wrong but they, they were one of the first places where I saw where they were describing areas of the dungeon I know um, there was a few OSR projects where they kind of just described like a whole layer of uh, like maybe a level of the dungeon this is what's going to be in there what's going to be you know what you're going to find you have to populate it here and there do you know and that's what you got to do sometimes. Uh, here's here's the situation, and you'll have to, you know, season it to taste for your GMing style and go from there. And I definitely think that's that's definitely a good route to go. So, excellent, Che. Absolutely, you know, prep situations, not plots. Hey, Tim Spencer here. Long time no call. I've been listening along and very much enjoying what you've been doing. Um, I just had a thought about um, you were mentioning crafting and uh, the reaction that some people have to resource management. And I've been playing in a Dark Suns game uh, put together by Dave Aldridge and it's uh, very rules light. One of the few things we are tracking is water but that really helps to emphasize the scarcity of things also the fact that weapons break and um, this has encouraged us to whenever we kill something we consider what we can eat what we can repurpose and maybe fashion into tools and it really hasn't used it hasn't required any real bookkeeping, we're using usage dice to keep track of the water and just this mechanism of weapons breaking uh, means that we're having to look for stuff and cobble things together and um, yeah, it's really not been complicated at all and um, really uh, it just keeps that flavor of scarcity and uh, fragility 
and uh, yeah I just thought it was worth sharing that with you anyway take care and that was free throw with some really interesting uh, comments there the yeah the whole water thing we, I, I uh, was in a dune game one time uh, where someone tried to recreate like the dune world and I think there was actually a box set or something uh, about it and I can't remember how, uh, how long ago it was years ago but it was it was interesting doing the tracking the water I mean your water was basically became your gold but gold and survival at the same time so it made it a lot of fun and it did not require a lot of bookkeeping I love the I love the uh, usage die in uh, black hack I really do I don't use it as much as I probably should because I do like it but I I, I think it's a just a nice graceful system to use and integrate into a game and uh you know help track resources without going overboard the nice thing joe joe and i've been playing so we, we played on monday night and uh we continued our game with basically snickle the snickle the digger and he, you know, he's basically what we're doing. Is, I mean, we're kind of doing some really mundane shit right now because he's he we're, he's an urban guy. He's doing his job and he's finding little adventures here and there. And his treasure isn't just piles of gold and magic items. It's been scraps of metal that he's been finding. It was funny because he was just like laughing about that. He kind of mentioned it during the game, he's like, he goes, he goes, this is so crazy. He goes, he goes, I, uh, uh, you know, my treasure now is just like pieces of scrap. And I'm like, yeah, I know it's, it, you know, when you get down to the, when you're at that level, it's just, it's just sort of fun. There's just something grounding about it that makes it interesting and, uh, um, very, uh, I don't know, just grounding in the, in the, in the setting. And how I'm developing it from this, just the very bottom level, base level. Him and his buddies, he's starting to learn more about his fellow uh, workers that he's around. And uh, just watching him interact with the other people, learning learning the ways of things. And the last time, this last time, uh, this last session we had was basically him going to work. The one thing I should add, though is I'm doing a much better job at keeping track of the time. I I made, I didn't make a get gaming calendar. I downloaded a gaming calendar from somewhere. I don't remember where. But very simple. Because I, I wanted something simple. I didn't want anything that had these unpronounceable names. I hate that. It's like... Um, I don't. I don't want the month of Z V B R E Z G G R. You know, no, no, don't want to do that one. Uh, just something simple, but a little bit of a variation of the Roman calendar kind of uh, versions. Even though they're they're the same, I want them to be a little bit different, but it's still recognizable. I believe we're in the month of Redfall. I didn't change anything of what I downloaded. It was perfectly fine the way it was, and I, I wasn't going to piss with it. So uh, I think it's the month of Redfall, which is the equivalent of October. So that way, 
you know, you got a little bit of the feel for the, the, the uh, calendar, but you can, you can refer to it in real life and know, oh, okay, Redfall, you know, we're in the middle of autumn here, you know, we're, we're in the heart of it and going from there. So I've been keeping better track of that. And instead of like when I'm running adventures, it seems like it's a real day by day operation, you know, because you leave off in the middle of action. You're already, you're in media res all the time when you're doing the, the hex crawls. And you're always coming back to something going on. But this one's not so much. It's sort of like the end of the workday. So I haven't done this yet. But what I'm going to do is uh, we're going to work out some details of the work week. You know, I'm not going to have him just go through every day of work and have something happen. I'm going to create a random table, and we're going to roll on that one, and I'm going to have him roll on it and, and uh, see how it goes. And he could run into, you know, some some badass stuff or just have a regular day and he gets paid and then pays his rent. We even figured out what his rent is, where he stays. And, and I, I gave him a little write up of the, the, uh, where he lives and, and the, who owns it and, uh, the other tenants in the building and the layout of the building, because that's how focused we are on this, this territory or this, uh, area where he's at and it's been fun like you gotta have players or a player in my case uh that's really wants to invest in that kind of detail and, and joe loves this shit he's eating it up he's i mean i think i'm going into detail and then he keeps on asking me for more so yeah i drew this whole map up and uh detailed everybody in it he goes hey that's cool but where's the access to the roof I'm like, oh shit, you know, I didn't have, I, I forgot about that, gotta add that in, so, yeah, 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 so, I mean, no matter, seems like no matter how far detail I go into, Joe wants a little bit more detail about things, he's kind of uh, bidding for a sewer job, and it was interesting playing on that, because Joe's guys is a gnome, and he was talking to his boss, I forgot what his boss's name is right now, but his boss is like, you know, I told you before, you know, Snickle, the rats are bigger than you down there. And I don't want you getting eaten by one of those things and have it on my conscience. And it's, I think it's a big change of pace for a lot of folks. Because if you think about it, a lot of times when you're doing adventures, if you're doing a campaign, people are always asking you to go into danger and risk your life. This guy is keeping him out of the sewers because he doesn't want Snickle to get hurt or killed because, you know, he's a regular worker, a regular kind of family guy, and he just he didn't want to see anybody get hurt. He wants all his, all his men to come back healthy and get, to, get their money and everything. So it's kind of interesting. And then the other thing that came into play in that is he's going to get a job down there uh, because there's smaller pipes he need to do, but... He's, he's in contracts talks because there's an adventurer's guild in town, too. So what ends up happening is these diggers groups, one of their part is to clean out some of the sewers, is uh, they, they, they contract with the adventurer's guild to get some of the newbie adventurer groups to go down to the sewers and clear out a certain area. And so they're contracted to do that to make a little money. 
the funny thing is, is like, say Joe rolls up a character or the next group rolls up characters and they join the Adventurers Guild. The first adventure they might have is they get hired by the Diggers Guild to go clean out the sewers. And I think Joe will think that's fun because, uh, um, he, uh, no, he'll know both sides of it. He'll know why they're doing it and who's doing it. And it, it just makes it, it's fun when, when you have a player who's kind of been on different sides of like an adventure. So right now his guys was waiting, is waiting for the adventures to go throughout, go, go through this section of the, the sewers, clear it out of the big bad monster so he can go in there and work safely. So yeah, it's it's been fun, and he and he's learning that like like my the way this works is not everything is life and death. He can't just start murdering people without some sort of consequence. Not that he's he's done that, but one of the guys that he's enemies with, he actually saved, even though you know they're not. I shouldn't say enemy enemies is in there just kind of rivals for the scrap, even though um, you know it, they're they're pretty. Um, severe rivals and and ways. So, um, but that kind of went off track of the whole <laughs> scrap thing and all that. I get get get, uh, get into so much detail in my campaign. But yeah, what? So one of the things I said I need to do is do the adventure thing. But the scrap thing, we've just kept it so easy. Joe has a note card and. Uh, you know, he kind of keeps tracks of that. And like I said, if he wants to do something, I just kind of pull a number out of my butt and we go with it and run with it. There's no, there's no set rules or no, you know, chart to check out to make sure, you know, you need 10 scrap for this one common, this just, I just, just make it up, see how it goes. And we can just run with it and everything. And of course, Joe always makes his suggestions on how it should go. And I always listen to his input because it's usually pretty good stuff. So. All right, guys, I want to thank you for listening. I got two puppies look, smashing their face against the window of my door waiting for me to come in. So I got to go in there before they like, kick the door down. So, All right, guys, take care. Roll better than me, and we'll talk soon.